A chill wind blows through Downing Street, and the assembled press gathered outside number 10 turn their coats up at the wind. BBC reporters clamour at their coffees as ITV media interns interfere with camera input feeds and Sky News on-scene spectators check their hair one final time. The door opens, creaking inwards into the historic institutional household. A flurry of camera activity sounds, and audio engineers can be seen standing poised over their mixing desks. From the door of number 10 creaks a spindly, solitary leg, weathered and cracked, with an outspread talon at its base. It folds and down bends the figure at the door. Cameras flash as the figure stands to its full height and unfurls its black wings. Theresa May, the Crow Empress, ancient and terrible as the air, shakes free her loose feathers and begins her walk towards the podium. Across the nation, families gather around their televisions. Offices are drawn into a heavy hush and all wait on bated breath for the Prime Minister's surprise announcement. Theresa May is poised, looking as steady and determined as ever. Her beak has been polished, honed into a fine point. Her beady, unblinking eyes flits from reporter to reporter as she takes her position before the microphone. She breathes and starts to speak. I have just chaired a meeting of the Cabinet! She squawks as drivers across the country turn up their car radios to hear what she has to say. And we have agreed, she continues, as foreign dignitaries and concerned politicians quiet down their families, that the new trailer for Thor Ragnarok (laughs) looks great and we totally can't wait to see what Taika Waititi has done with the series. I think it's Waititi. It's Waititi. It's Waititi. But that's yeah. fine. Well, that's fine. That's that's fine. Okay. That was, was Tree's made that was, mistake. That was so, so good, good up to that point, James. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's completely out of the window. I don't know why it is that you decided to recount something that happened on Tuesday. I'll be honest. It's um, one of numerous inaccuracies in that story. Yeah. <laughs> what she actually said was, Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Philip May, her husband, ran out for, for nourishment and she vomited into his mouth. <laughs> she was like, nah, That'll tide him over until I next need to breed with him. <laughs> That's how they do it. That's that's that's, that's, that's how Tories are made. I imagine that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just take one look at a happy working class family and vomit immediately into the other person's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. I like the idea that all Conservative MPs have, have uh, sex slaves. <laughs> so just, I think that's all that's all Philip Philip you like May this idea. What F- F- Philip May Oh boy, I hope his, I hope his Tory MPs have some sex slaves. <laughs> I think that'd F- be great. Philip May is a giant crow sex slave, is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> giant crow. Some Tories like pigs, some like crows. <laughs> <That's>, da, da, <laughs> da. What is this? A George Orwell, Orwell book? Satire? <laughs> or a novella? What? But no, I, I felt like it was, it was important to introduce that because obviously, um, every now and again, when we take a break away from, uh, fr- from doing the show... Yeah. Um, important stuff happens, but mm-hmm. this has been such a crazily rammed two weeks. Yeah, it has been an absolute media circus. It's, I had bits prepared on other things. <laughs> I've then had to go. I had like half prepared them. I've gone. Well, look, there's no point in finishing that because look how much has happened. We've called a general. Ele- we've called a general election. Yeah, that's happened. Well, I didn't personally. Um, Theresa May did. 
on our behalf. Did, yeah, yeah, for us, personally, <laughs> yeah. as a podcast. I'm sure that's it. I'm sure she definitely had our interests mm. at heart yeah. and the interests of the people of Britain and not just the interests of a party. What yeah. is it? What you just said? Every vote for her makes her stronger. Yeah, like she's so- some sort of fucking <laughs> like like some- villain like absorbing power from like the planet that she's on before, she does, a, before she does a big fucking attack. <laughs> just a charge up. There is no way to sound, make yourself sound no, more to, sinister. To reason, mate, <laughs> she sends out two of the other cabinet members to fight while she's charging her attack. <laughs> you, you've got to kill them first and then she comes out and attacks and she's got a moment of weakness in which you can hit her after she's done her attack oh then like this um, is corbyn's strategy a, a, a big a big crow beak goes red and flashes <laughs> what she does is she jumps down from the roof of number 10 and jeremy corbyn's there is the player character and he fights <laughs> yeah. her for a bit and then she jumps back <laughs> to an unreachable yeah, area, area and sends down like george osborne <laughs> a few, few mugs go down and you fight them and then uh, after taking down a few waves she just jumps back down continues your attack but she's got like a new array of attacks that you don't <laughs> you don't know how to defend against these ones so you have to die from that and try again and eventually you just figure you just learn the pattern yeah. you don't get good at beating the boss it's nothing to do with actual skill it's about learning the pattern and knowing when to jump out the way yeah. of her cuts that she's making to the NHS. I feel like this is quite an apt analogy for, for what's happening <laughs> yeah, in Britain at the exa- moment. It's exactly a what's happening. A lazy boss fight. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's basically the boss fight from the end of um, the original Arkham Asylum game. Yeah. Or maybe it's, oh yeah, which was shit. Yeah, when, exactly, yeah. When, when Joker's like, ah! And he just throws villains at you. Yeah, and then he just keeps jumping back and jumping forwards. I think, though, um, if we were to actually take this for what it is in this general mm. election in the state of British politics moment, where you've got all of these characters all these political leaders vying for attention. It is the political equivalent of being on a menu screen and trying to pick which character you want to play as, but they're all shit. I'll tell you what this is like. I'll tell you what modern British politics is like in video game terms. It's when you start up a game uh, and you're not particularly looking forward to playing the game, but it was cheap and you bought it anyway. Yeah. Um, And it asks you to install and there's like a four-hour install period and then you get onto the menu itself and you've got to press so many buttons to get through to the game and you're thinking, I don't want to go through any of it. I don't actually want to play the game, but I've become so invested in the whole thing now that I'm going to play it to completion. So based on James' analysis, uh, analogy, that's why I'm voting for the black silhouette with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> the unlockable character. No, it's a, it's a randomised feature. Yeah. yeah. You get those. Uh, you get that one later. Um, if you complete the game, you unlock uh, Robo Clement Attlee. <laughs> but no like like you get you're going like he's, he's, he's actually like the last boss in the campaign mode is basically um Jin Pachi from Tekken 5 <laughs> you, can, or True Ogre you're scrolling through the characters and you think so 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 you've got your Jeremy Jeremy Corbyn he, he's good he, he's got like quite strong policies but he's got no charisma whatsoever um the greens have a lot of um they've got a lot of momentum behind them and a lot of mm. agreeable climate issues but they just don't have that that voter base yeah um who knows? And who knows which one you're going to pick? You can do like co-op mode uh, and bring in Clement Attlee and Nye Bevan as you, <laughs> as you sort of like the cyborg versions of them recreated with stronger parts. Uh, I've heard that um, there's actually um, on level two three, mm. um, which is uh, the 2015 general election. Yeah. Um, when you um, when you go to uh, Stoke, there's a warp pipe you can go down mm. um, and you can fight um, Digi Winston Churchill. You go to Stoke and you fight Paul Nuttall. <laughs> Because he lives there, definitely. So what would all their uh, special combo moves be? Um, Corbyn's would be um, the scythe and the sickle. 
yeah. and like he gets a scythe and a sickle and he puts them together I ima- and shouts democratic socialism. <laughs> I imagine one of his ones is like having some sort of shield mode where like a, a nice knitted jumper goes over him. Yeah. <laughs> or he holds up like um, uh, a drain grate like he does. He brings in an army of kids and gives them free school dinners and they attack for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Theresa Mays is like, she... Um, drains all of the money out of the pockets of the poor <laughs> and then fires them all out of a cannon. <laughs> like, she's, she's, just a skin, she's just a reskin George Osborne now. <laughs> it's a clone character. It's so lazy. You just have to pick George Osborne and press triangle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they just use the character model for Theresa May. They use, it's the same animation, just a different model. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> different voices. Yeah. <laughs> It's the same I'm, voice actor just doing a different voice. I'm much prefer talking about Tekken than talking about the, um, the election. The election. Um, David Cameron's power move is that uh, a giant wild boar runs on yep. screen. <laughs> and he, uh, he jumps up and penetrates it and rides it around the stage. And for like 15 seconds, you can control a giant boar. <laughs> it just crashes through everything. David Cameron's special move is that um, the thing is, okay, you press the button to activate the move and he promises that there'll be a move. And then this is Nick Clegg. This should be Nick Clegg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, there wasn't a move. special combo move. And then there's an animation scene. <laughs> sorry, I'm I sorry, shouldn't, I shouldn't have, have told you that's a, a special combo move. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, David Cameron's is that when someone else does a special move, um, he then he then begins to do the move himself and then, in doing so, destroys himself and commits suicide uh, in stealing the move from someone else. In order to, to appease them and get them on his side, should we introduce ourselves? We should probably do We're that. Probably, yeah, thinking yeah, this, yeah. yeah. Um, my name is James, and this week I've been under investigation for electoral fraud. What? <laughs> are you are you a member of the Tory Party? I haven't, but that, I just wanted to highlight that that there are yeah. members of the Tory Party currently standing for election that are under investigation for electoral fraud. Yep. Welcome to modern Britain. Mm-hmm. But then, to be fair, we had two candidates in the US election last year who'd both been were both currently being investigated for electoral fraud. Yeah. Yeah. True. So there we go. Hi, my name's Robbie. Yesterday, I finally cleared out my fridge after over a year. What do you find? Um, I found a thing of like instant mashed potato, but it was like the sort of sl- it wasn't sort of purely pasteurized. It was sort of like slightly dampish, like you could put it in it'd be like two minutes in the microwave and it'd be fine. And yeah. you um, left it for so long that it had started to auto mash. It <laughs> it had it had grown such a culture. Victoria Coronation. Auto mash. Transform and roll out. <laughs> <It was, laughs> there was there was a lot of bacteria on there. It was it was basically BBC Four going on. That's that how I found it. Actually, there's a BBC Four film crew in there, um, and I just thought, "What's all that come out? Why can't I hear Victoria Corrin?" And I went in, and there it was. They're making a documentary on that part of mashed potato. Um, what, what else did you find? Robbie? I bought like three of them because they were like three for one. And I, I, one of them. I thought with that you were suggesting that that the, the bacteria ha- had evolved to the point yeah. of um, of getting to the uh, the early to mid twentieth century <laughs> and ha- and having like starting to develop camera crews. <laughs> That was what happened, yeah. yeah. Camera Cruz is Terry Cruz's uncle. Um, <laughs> he was just a giant muscular camera. <laughs> the worst joke I've ever made. Um, but yeah, what, that was me clearing on my fridge yesterday. Why do you think Terry Cruz um, went from being a sports star to a star of, star of stage and screen? Yeah. Because Camera Cruz. <laughs> just, oh my God. Who are you? Uh, I'm Ben, and yesterday I was given a dead sparrow as a present. Oh, by? Uh, my landlady's cat. Oh, okay. She gave me, gave me a nice, a nice little dead sparrow. Did was, you, did you accept the present? Did, uh, did you eat it as a crunchy I, I, snack? I mean, I always appreciate it when she does that. But like, I was like, 
I don't, I don't know why I was like really have to hold it at arm's length like it's going to come back alive or something like that and uh, and attack me. Is your landlady's cat the villain in the new uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Yes. Yeah. And uh, right. and and the MacGuffin is the dead bird. Yeah. And all the, all that was all like three different no, groups it's of a dead, people. Dead Sparrow. Yeah. And is Captain it really? Jack Sparrow is the star yeah. of. Oh. It's funny if you explain the joke. I haven't watched a fucking Pirates of the Caribbean film in. Seven to eight years. Yeah, you're not let me l- let me make that joke a bit more accessible. Ben, was the cat was your landlady's cat played by Javier Bardem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it was it CG animated to be sort of wispy and ethereal? Did he, is, 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 did, <laughs> he kill, did he kill a bird by bringing like a pneumatic press yeah. against his head? Yeah, Javier Bardem, no the cat. This is like Ben. I've brought you a. But I can't do. it. How does Javier Bardem sound? Um, his actual voice is like he's quite jolly and Spanish, uh, but but I in, in uh, my uh, head, all, all I'm thinking my, of is, is him no from country. Skyfall. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of him. For, I always imagine that he speaks exactly like Anton Chigurh from No Country yeah. for Old Men, and he constantly walks around. He's like, I brought you a dead sparrow. <laughs> well, the cat did say that and do that. It's not just any dead sparrow. Don't put it in your pocket with all of the other dead sparrows. <laughs> Oh, this is your lucky all, dead sparrow. It's all mixed up in all the dead sparrows now. <laughs> I can't tell which one's bloody which. This, this dead sparrow has been travelling for thirty years to reach you. Where did the cat keep its Oscar? I can't think of a funny enough joke to reply to. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think okay. of a good one. I was, was going to say um, something like feline comeback in its boxer. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. That's why I didn't say it originally. <laughs> Because I couldn't think of anything. I'm glad you didn't. I just said that. something that sounded like Oscar, and it isn't a word. I'm glad you didn't record. I'm glad we haven't got that recorded. That's good. That's good. good. Oh, that's great. Then carry on. So yeah, so a lot of stuff has happened these past few yeah. weeks. Um, should we just recap on some some of the some of the more interesting? Let's have a ones? timeline. Okay, so I don't quite have the um, complete timeline as it goes, but oh. I've just basically I've just collated some of the like more prominent news stories. Okay. Yeah. Or, um, so yeah, so we've had the general elections being called. Um, mm. Trail of Thor Ragnarok's out. Obviously, yeah. it looks amazing. Um, George Osborne is stepping down as an MP. Yes, which I think we Hooray. should actually just pause and give some. We should. We should give some words to. Um, I, now, George that, Osborne, our old friend. Yes, our old yeah. dear, dear friend, George Osborne, coke-loving buddy. Yeah, he's um, obviously he secured um, the editor position of the London Evening Standard. Mm. Quite a bit of controversy around it. Everyone's saying, "How's he going to do that and be an MP?" And he's backed down and said that for now. He was very specific with his wording. Yeah. He's going to leave. He's going to leave government. He's like, I'll put this MP in business on the back burner. Yeah, I'll go part time. Now he'll fall back to it when the editing gig falls through. He gave an interview with the BBC, uh, and there was a particular clip that I wanted to pick out because I listened to the whole interview, and it's just disgusting because he's George Osborne. <laughs> and the weird thing is, he was smiling the entire time, <sighs> which is revolting. Watching George Osborne smile, and he's got a weird it's... smile as mm. well. He's, yeah. He's, he's, oh. He's yeah. like a lizard trying to show you like the insects he's got in his teeth. That's it. Yeah, it's it's elements of that. It's sort of. I was I was trying to see how far uh, uh, we'd go with this conversation before one of us referred to him or compared him to a reptilian. Yeah, because it, it, it's the obvious option because he is a reptilian. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, but here's the clip that I pulled out. You are a student of history. You love your history. How do you want history to remember you, George Osborne? Someone who left Britain in a better shape than I found it. <laughs> yeah wow yeah it's fascinating oh it, it, my it, God. like like i know that everyone's entitled to their differing political opinions and everyone should absolutely 
have the democratic right to believe what they believe in, but he's genuinely of the belief that he has made a positive impact. Yeah, I, the I, thing. I, I, are... I really want to know his point of view with this. Like, like actually, like sincerely, I, I want to know if he genuinely. thinks I think this. he does. He genuinely seems to believe it. Like we are now. I think it's almost three billion. I should have checked. But I think it's almost three billion further in debt than we were before he was chancellor. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So economically, we're far worse off. And then if you look at sort of other regards in which Britain could have potentially become a richer, better place. I mean, culturally, Mrs. Brown's Boys is now <laughs> the top sitcom in the UK. Like before, yeah. like just before George Osborne took office, like weeks beforehand, Monty Python reunited for the last show. Yeah. Right. And, and now, now it's Mrs. Brown. That's the impact George Osborne's had on this country. It's it's an interesting. Maybe one, that's what Monty Python became. <laughs> Ever seen them both in the same place? Yeah. I, 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 I mean, half... John Cleese just as racist. <laughs> this is. A... I'd half say that George Osborne's viewpoints must be justified to himself because of the kind of company that he presumably keeps. Yeah. I mean, I think that generally, wider speaking, a lot of the problems with like the sort of higher echelons of the Tory party yeah. is that they're so overwhelmingly detached from the everyday lives of the mm. actual people that they represent that they can't possibly hope to understand it. Yeah. So I'd say, well, perhaps he's rubbing shoulders with you know wealthy bankers who have maybe done quite well out of it, sort of economists who are fond of the decisions mm. that he's taking. But the country is worse off in every regard. Yeah. We're, financially, we're in an absolute shit heap. The deficit trebled. Yeah. Um, we've increased um, national borrowing. Um, rates of homelessness are at an all-time high. Yeah. Rates of people claiming in-work benefits whilst they're in full-time employment is at an all-time high. Rates of suicide are at an all-time high. Unemployment is slightly... We're slightly better off in terms of unemployment. But if you had to look at it up against the statistics of other countries, the rates in which they've increased after leaving the worldwide global um, recession... Mm. Uh, I got there in the end. managed to say it eventually. Um, we are significantly behind the US, behind mm. Germany, behind France, behind sort of all other first world countries. It, it's, it's because it's based on this idea, this weird sort of Tory idea that um, the, the poor are what's dragging us down. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh yeah, those fucking poor people hoarding all the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Just like absolutely ignoring the fact that we've, um, the big faults of money behind them. Yeah, so exactly, like, no, no, exactly. all, all the poor people have it. It's definitely the poor. It, it's not that... Um, um, right, so here's a fun statistic I heard. God, this is a politically heavy one, yeah. isn't it? Um, We've just called an election. It's fine. I, I agree with the idea that the Tory party purports mm. that people claiming benefits incorrectly and unfairly when they are fit to work drains the yeah. economy. I think mm. that's right. I think that benefits should go to people who need it, mm. but if people are able to work, they should. They should yeah. contribute to society. But that equates approximately to 2 billion the country loses a year giving away um, money to people who claim benefits incorrectly. The UK economy loses 29 billion a year to large corporations not paying their fair share of tax. How can the Tory party sit there and fairly say that the problem lies with the poor? And there's an interesting thing that people talk about immigrants coming in and and claiming benefits um, unfairly. It's funny, I was talking to to one of my lecturers who's a German uh, immigrant uh, the other day and she said that look if she wanted to sit back and claim benefits mm. she would just do it in germany because the benefit system is far better there <laughs> and they said most countries in europe now have better more efficient benefit systems than britain have easier to access yeah. and more rewarding systems and yet for some reason we assume that britain is this sort of gold standard that everyone wants to come to 
I think it's just because people have been told that. Yeah. Because yeah. people yeah. have had so much media and so many politicians saying, like, look, it's these people coming over here. And, like, you know what? If, if, if you were to write the words, the sky is green, and on, like, a fucking club and hit someone over the head with it, until they believed it. Eventually, they'd start thinking the sky the, was the, green. The problem is, they wouldn't be able to read it because they're being hit in the face of the club. Yeah, but I suppose is that not cushion. Their eyes but... probably won't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where the country's heading. That's probably a better metaphor, actually, for British politics at the moment than anything else. Yeah, yeah. after their uh, sort of their entire heads have caved in and their brains have deteriorated into paste, much like your average UKIP photo. Britain's <laughs> always had this like sort of weird, strange idea that they're about like, the difference to everyone else, like um, in that. Well, not not just that the geographically separate in landmass um, to the rest of Europe. Yeah. Like mm. I think in being like that, but, 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 I think the, the whole sort of, especially like Tory politicians, think there's some sort of king of the castle sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we're sort of like, oh no, we're we're the best ones. I think it's because a lot of the people in this country are still hung up on this kind of post-colonial hangover. Mm. This yeah. idea of like, oh yeah, well the British Empire used to rule the world. Yeah. Like, oh, we used to be great. Like, yeah, we used to enslave a fuck ton yeah. of people as well, but that wasn't cool. Yeah. British what Empire, ne- not that good. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, moving along. Um, Better Call Saul's back. Yeah. Hooray! Which is really good. Two episodes really in already. Really it's really good. Uh, are we both completely up to speed? Yeah. I am up to speed. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really good, it's isn't really it? It's really good. I was, um, I won't uh, say anything yeah. um, in case anyone listening hasn't seen it yet. But, Can we do um, a spoiler warning and uh, then do like a timestamp? Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. Hello. Do you remember the robot from the start of the last episode? Well this is me, the robot's brother. I'm here to say the following two minutes also contain spoilers and frankly indulgent discussion of the first two episodes of the third season of Netflix original series Better Call Saul. If you don't want to hear it, skip to about the 24 minute mark. Also, it turns out the Better Call Saul theme tune has lyrics. Who knew, eh? So the bit in the last episode when Fring was in the background, I was I was absolutely losing my shit. When he was no, in the it was the last scene of the last episode. Because I've been wanting to see that for so long, and yet because of the circumstances under which they, they pin it, yeah. around it, it's like, no, I don't want to see this. It's I, I, I like how really they like, really just blue balls you at first with like, showing him. It's like, oh, it's blurry in the background. Oh, and he gets closer. He can't see his face. Like, I know it's fucking Gus. Come on. <laughs> no, but they, I, they drop him in so subtly. I, yeah. I love I love shuffle, using background shuffles into the background. And the um, the whole keeping him out of focus as well yeah. was really yeah. tastefully done. Like, yeah. Because, uh, like, in that scene... To be fair, as soon as he shuffled in like out of focus, I was like, oh, look, it's Gus. Like, yeah. there was a lot of... Um, in that scene, there was a lot of really, really tight shots of just Jimmy's face, like yeah. when he goes up to the counter and he's buying chicken. And then when he mm. goes and sits down, like you, you don't notice that Gus is there in the background, but then you see a sort of familiar-looking silhouette. But it's because of the, the nature of the scene. You're, because he's sort of shifting, he's looking around everything mm. and trying to take as much focus. You're doing the same thing and you're looking at every inch of the frame. Yeah, same. I, I, so I, it, I was, every shot that happened, I was like, where is he? Where's Gus? Yeah. Where's Gus? <laughs> yeah. It's like the used-born duck. Yeah. <laughs> the background of every page. I think it's it's good writing as well because it's 
it, it's the writers knowing the market, knowing yeah. the people that are watching that are people who've seen Breaking Bad yeah. and are really, really excited like, to see Gus. You know that he's just gone into Los Poyos Hermanos and you want to see him. Mm. So you're there and they really, really hold out on, on giving you the Gus. Like yeah. That episode was basically... It was a load of people sitting in cars, then a load of people sitting in a chicken shop, and then a load of people sitting in an office, then a load of people sitting in cars again, and a load of people sitting in someone's front room. And yet it still managed to be basically the best thing on TV. Isn't that a lot of what Better Call Saul is? is yeah. Just Jonathan Banks sitting in cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. But it does it so it's well. Like, so I'm going to sit in this car. Anyway, I realize there's probably listeners that don't listen to Better Call Saul, don't watch Better Call Saul. Don't listen to um, them. Um, you don't listen to the Better Call Saul radio play. Uh, if you don't, say um, I think I'm going to become a lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> or better call into Saul, which is like a morning zoo program. Like, hey, you're you're tuning in a better call into Saul. Like, we got our first caller today. It's eight fifteen. Why do people on morning zoo shows repeatedly say the time? Why do people on on the radio repeatedly tell you the time? In case you forget the time, well, I don't know. But I mean. It is three minutes to three. So what? What if like someone had been doing that in a radio position for years and years, and then suddenly just on one off, just like they just drop one, but like suddenly say it's like half an hour behind, and they just don't draw attention to it, just to fuck with all the old people who are listening. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, another important thing that's happened. So uh, Donald Trump launched sixty Tomahawk missiles at Syria. Yeah. yeah! Now we're talking. And he also dropped the mob on Afghanistan. He did, he did. Yeah. The largest non-nuclear detonation of an explosive. He dropped the uh, the musician Moby on Afghanistan. And Moby, he dropped uh, just a load of copies of Moby Dick. Yeah. On he, he dropped Moby, and Moby um, wrote several um, empowering essays about veganism, as he as he is wont to do, which uh, completely changed the um, sociological climate of yeah. Afghanistan. He also released that one music video for it's like, hey, everyone's looking on the phones all the time. Oh, for are you di- lost in the world like me? I think that's the one. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but, everyone looking at the phones all the you time. You know what? Because really, I, I first saw that video when it when it had dropped. Because I'm, I'm quite, I, I quite like Moby. Like, yeah. I, I like his music, but I, I'm not sure about the person himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was, at, I was at work at the time, um, and I'd just like gone on my break, opened up my phone. Checked my feed, saw that Moby just released a new video, and I got all of two minutes into it and thought, Ben would hate this. <laughs> oh, no, I did. Like, I, I, no, I saw it straight out, and I was like, oh, this style looks quite good. This looks quite well made. And then watched it, and I was like, oh. Oh, it's one of those videos. It's an all right one. So, um, does let's, anybody... Let's talk about the real Moby. Does anybody know off the top of their head, and I had to Google this because I wasn't sure, the yeah. price of one Tomahawk missile? Uh, um, it's, uh, I think... A, it's like two fifty billion. Two fifty. Two two pound fifty. Yeah. Two pound fifty. No, no, no. It's like two ninety nine now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, gone up. It's gone oh up. yeah, like the Fredo. Yeah. 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 And there's your uh, when you go to the missile shop, there's your five p missile bag charge. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember when you'd, you'd buy a copy of the Beano and like it'd have a Tomahawk missile on the front of it as well? You get it free. <laughs> and now you don't do that anymore. No, now you yeah. buy them separately. Used to be used to be ninety nine p. Get a free Tomahawk missile. <laughs> um, now and like all the Beanos are online, aren't they? Yeah, bloody hell. You've got to read them on like an iPad. <laughs> Don't even get a Tomahawk missile. A single Tomahawk missile costs two hundred thousand um, dollars. Mm-hmm. So just the bare cost of the missiles themselves, not including the cost of firing them, yeah. getting the ships that launched them to Syrian waters, or the actual costs of launching them. Just the bare bones cost of the missiles themselves mm-hmm. cost twelve million dollars, and he only killed four civilian children. So, oh, wow, only that, four. That is an average. Was of, that the only people? 
The um, there was a few um, allegedly uh, a fair amount of insurgents. They estimated just yeah. under twenty, but it also supposedly killed. Um, um, I think it was like just over ten civilians, mm. four of which were confirmed to be children. I so Trump averaged three million dollars for every one civilian child he killed. Wow. And I think he could get way more bang for his buck. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, to be honest, I actually avoided looking at this in the news. Like I heard the headline, I thought, I just don't want to hear any more about it mm. because I've gone so sick of the news yeah. generally. And yet there I was at, what, half... No, what was it, quarter past ten? No, eleven o'clock, whenever it was. I'm sure we've all Watching felt this live way for as Theresa May announced the thing. Yeah. 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 Um, just to hear the... Um, um, the BBC news app like alert sound just feeling just a sense of dread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. every the single time. time I hear the like that you oh, get. God. There's a moment when your heart drops. Yeah. And what the fuck has happened now? Like last year, it was like, oh, what celebrities died, yeah. and then this year, it's like, oh, what atrocity has Trump committed? <laughs> <laughs> He's killed David Bowie. He's <laughs> um, gone back in time and did given him cancer. Watch the announcement live the, the, of the. Uh, the calling of the election. Um, I was in the car and watched it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I sort of I saw the thing on Twitter saying there's going to be a big announcement outside Downing Street, which is only reserved for the the biggest of occasions. Mm. Uh, Laws Konigsberg about whatever it was, uh, and so I sat there with BBC News on with my brother watching as well, who didn't care. Um, oh, good um, God. Robbie's yeah. brother, who was in the uh, the very first live show episode of episode episode, episode 50, fifty of Verbal Discharge. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, okay, much more talented than Robbie. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um. My brother was there making sort of dumb rugby jokes, and I was just sort of <laughs> petrified by the whole thing. Uh, my he very kept... much is your brother, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was sort of, um, he kept comparing, instead of Theresa May saying Treviso, which is an Italian rugby team. He's like, oh, she's going to be in for another season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I wonder if she'll pass that one on smoothly. <laughs> or will she get tackled to the ground? But I don't <laughs> I'm not, I'm not as good at you as making rugby-based political puns. No, that was excellent. That was excellent. He's, he's was saying, excellent. I think I think this campaign is going to be a ho- home run. But what, <laughs> watch out um, for when you hit all the bases because you might get snookered. <laughs> the country is mu- currently going much the same way as the Osprey season in the last four weeks. But there we go. Um, I wonder if I wonder if this general election is going to be a touchdown for them. Oh, oh wait, or is that? I don't know. But no, I watched the announcement live. Uh, and the thing was, I had spent that morning psyching myself up because I was, that afternoon, going to go and see Peppa Pig, colon, my first cinema experience. <laughs> see, I, would, I would have imagined they, uh, they showed the news report just before that um, Peppa Pig. It pretty much was. Experience. It pretty much was. I yeah. left about ra- half... Ra- rather than the, the milkshake presenters being like, all right, jump up and down, hooray. <laughs> oh, shit, it, 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 it's, it's time it's to be a helicopter. It's just Theresa May's address. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I, it's like cold opening to the film. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I really like the idea of a Peppa Pig episode with a where cold just, open. Where, where there's, there's a cold open of Theresa May calling a general election, and then Money Pig and Dabby, Daddy Pig, da- Money Pig, Pig. <laughs> Money Pig. That's David Cameron, and yeah. then um, Mummy Pig and Daddy Pig both have differing political views, <laughs> and and Peppa's got to stand around awkwardly with George as her parents have a huge political debate in the kitchen. Um, there's like a really ham-fisted like metaphor explained. Ham-fisted. To them. Hey. Uh, 
Um, I just like the idea in general of, of a Peppa Pig episode with a cold open for some reason. <laughs> David Cameron like, comes like, in and fucks like, him off. <laughs> <laughs> like, cold opens, like, a lot of the time in, like, whole big dramas are always reserved for, for certain... It's going to make you go, oh, God, oh, God, it's, it's kicking off in this episode. I can't see that with Peppa Pig. <laughs> just, just, no, but it's not even, like, uh, to entice you, just to fill you with yeah. an overwhelming sense of dread. Yeah. Like, a Peppa Pig, like, in, in a Peppa Pig style, it just opens and just, like, silent it on a car just driving down a dusty down a, dust, massive a, hill. a dusty roadway and it's a and it's like a big wide shot and then it's like a close shot of the wheels and it like pulls over and then um a character an unseen cartoon character gets out he goes over to the boot opens it and there's a there's a, there's a body of a of a little rabbit child in there <laughs> And it just buries it in an unmarked grave. And then it goes, boom, Peppa Pig. <laughs> it doesn't have a theme song. It just goes, boom. Have a look. Like it's up there. So, yeah, the announcement was at quarter past 11 that they announced. Well, it was going to be quarter past 11. She came out about five past. Mm. And immediately, she said, immediately said, we're calling the general election. And I went up and oh, no. Uh, and the screen <laughs> of Peppa voice. Pig that I was seeing started at half 12. Oh, um, okay. So I left about midday, having spent about 45 minutes then, just in existential dread. Uh, I'm messaging sort of the, the group chat we have between the, the lot of us sort of in panic and Twitter in panic and everything, just sort of realising this means two extra years of Tory domain. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then see. left to go and see a pig, which is another um, just example of um, existential crisis. See, uh, uh, I was, I, I think it was, I was at the gym at the time, yeah. and it, in just like, I learned about it in various group chats I was in. Mm. And when someone said the snap election, uh, I just at first thought just two people had happened to say election <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. You know, snap, snap! Oh, yeah. we all know the law. That's yeah. the general election. Um, I was, um, well, I found out about it when I was in the back of a car yeah. with um, my girlfriend's family. Um, what like playing the um, BBC news coverage of outside Downing Street with um, my girlfriend's father driving the car, who has wildly differing political views to me. Oh boy! And it was it was a very very tense environment in which to express my initial discomfort and dissatisfaction with the calling of a general election. Yeah. Did, did, did you like just wait for him to say so he just opens his mouth and you just go oh fuck you <laughs> just cut him off straight yeah you away. would say that wouldn't you no I think I think we, we were both talking about it and we were both um, a bit I think we, we were definitely wary of each other because mm. I think I think we both we both know that we have differing political views so try not to let it come between us just like just have an argument I mean just go well at the end of the day I'm going to fuck your daughter so. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't naming any names originally. I wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was when I saw the Peppa Pig movie uh, because I remember back on episode eleven, I did the last Peppa Pig movie they made, which is Peppa Pig and the Golden Boots. I did a off the cuff twelve minute rant about it. You did, and uh, it was fantastic. And it was sort of off the cuff. I hadn't prepared anything about it at all, uh, and I felt a strange pressure with this one. I had to have something there. So I made some notes, okay. Um, okay. and I'm looking at them. I've just got the word Brexit written in circles. <laughs> so, no. I mean, that was the cold open. I, yeah. And also I've got the words, is this racist, in capital letters later on. Um, but I made some notes as to what sort of... So the thing opens. Um, and I, I went to... I sort of bought a ticket at the ticket machine. Wait, wait, wait. But before we go into this, yeah. how long are you estimating this one? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> so I did make some notes in preparedness. Right. I haven't been over the them. Well. Yeah, I wrote them in the dark. So, so my so handwriting's hard enough so to read. It's an incomprehensible scroll. 
Yeah, and I haven't thought about these since. I haven't been back over these until glancing at them now and seeing the word Brexit and is this racist. Um, Which I think I might have just gone to a UKIP rally by mistake. Um, But yeah, I went and bought a ticket for it at the ticket machine uh, and then went in to go and see it. And I decided sort of, like, because the natural way I'd go up to it is and sort of be like, yeah, don't judge me as I hand the ticket over to the guy. But I just walked up with a massive grin on my face, like to intimidate him. Uh, and oh, he sort man. of looked down at the t- looked at me, sort of looked at the ticket, um, and then looked back up at me and sort of did a moment like a double take, like it was sort of Martin Freeman for a second. Uh, and I took the ticket back off him, and he sort of went, "Fine, it's screen seven, head through there." Um, like you did a double take, like you're like, "You're a hairy child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're not too politically engaged to be involved <laughs> in this screening of Peppa Pig's My First Cinema Experience." See many five year olds wearing. Also. Tweed. Isn't the first cinema experience I mentioned? We saw the yeah. Golden Boots two years ago. It, it, it has to assume you haven't already seen Peppa yeah. Pig and the Golden and Boots in no the cinema point, when it first came no out. No point in the actual program itself does it address that this is your first cinema experience to the children um, that may be watching it. It's, it seems to be referring to it as Peppa Pig's first cinema experience. And oh, yeah, is it, oh wait, so it's Peppa's first cinema. Apparently, oh. based on the, the, that's what I thought the trailer suggested. So, what, what, so, what's, what's the rough plot? So <laughs> the plot so. of the thing is, um, so yeah, the film starts. Um, the BBC certificate comes up, which is hilarious. For cold some open. Um, yeah, the cold open. Yeah. Um, and we come down, and we sort of have a long, like it's almost <laughs> like a Scorsese tracking <laughs> shot. <laughs> big, tra- the big tracking shot, the um, thing. And it comes down from the sky, down, and we see Daisy there. Daisy instantly isn't a real name. Who's Daisy? Uh, she's played by an actress. I didn't get a name, but she's clearly out of work um and oh is, really is, is daisy like the kind of the milkshake lady who exactly, introduces yeah. all these things <laughs> she's yeah. made out oh, of milkshakes okay. she's wobbling one of the characters no daisy's a real life woman um she stood in the garden in dungarees uh and she shouts hello who are you and then they expect you to say your name back and says, it's great to meet you and the thing is i saw the screen there were um there were i think nine of us which is i think like eight more than last time i saw it last one i saw see that's um, right. it's all very confusing for me because like because when i used to watch milkshake as a kid yeah. um all those presenters of that uh by now have all died of heroin overdoses <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's tragic really um i yeah so um the, the thing starts, and there were in the cinema. There was one family right at the back who I didn't really see, and then the family sat on the row behind me, but over to sort of to the side slightly. Um, were and I normally sit on the aisle seat, so I normally sit third row back in the mm-hmm, aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of just the, the way I sit. I decided this time I actually had to sit further in to just to be away from families, uh, just in case I accidentally join in when the milkshake presenters ask me to do anything. Um, what do you mean if you accidentally join in? <laughs> stranger things have happened, James. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> um, you get you start getting puppeted by the film itself. You're like, oh no, oh no, because <laughs> I'm imagining that you get really, really into it. Like I'm, I'm oh, imagining yeah. that it is it is for you. And I remember from my experiences. With you, Robbie, yeah, that whenever a rugby match comes on, yes, your maximum volume near enough quadruples. Yeah. yeah, so I'm assuming that they're like, they're like, and what's your name, kids? And there's kids like, oh, it's Harry and it's Georgia, and then you're like, Robbie, <laughs> it's Robbie, <laughs> Owen, if you have to, Alan, the middle name, <laughs> yeah, um, it was pretty much that. A um, full existential crisis yeah. from what the milkshake presenters asked of you. <laughs> Family in the row behind me. You just strip your you strip your tweed off all in the cinema and you go. I'm Robbie. I'm Robbie. Pepper, it's me. This isn't my first cinema experience. You saw me when I went to see the Golden Boots. Believe me, Daisy. Believe me. The family on the row behind me were German, um, and there was a, there was like three kids. Um, one of which was very young, was maybe like two or three. Probably was a first cinema experience. My name is Hans. And- 
<laughs> it was little hands. It was Freud's friend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you were seeing what she was getting up to with her mother. Um, no, it was the moment was having that, to translate that requires bits of a knowledge of A level psychology in, into German. Um, okay, okay. So there was sort of this strange sort of back. I was hearing bits of it again in German on the road behind me, <laughs> which was a really interesting way to witness Peppa Pig call on my first cinema experience. <laughs> it's like, like watching Peppa Pig through the lens of a United Nations summit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it, it was just a crushing reminder, though, that we are leaving the European Union. And I, w- I won't get this experience in two years' time. Also, now Article 50 has been triggered. Pepper, Pepper's fine, doesn't sound as soft. <laughs> Peppers fine. <laughs> 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 um, so the first thing. Heil. Oh, great, James, because all of German history is fucking Nazis. <laughs> so um, the first thing that Daisy says after asking what her name is, it says, "Are you a friend of Pepper?" And no one in the cinema replied uh, because none of us know her. We just sort of watched. Sounds her. like a euphemism, like friend of Dorothy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, I see you're a friend of Dorothy. If you're a friend of Pepper, that just means you fuck pigs. <laughs> Have you been to see Pepper recently? Um, Some put his hand on your shoulder. Have you been to see Pepper recently? All right, Dave, after your Pepper fix, are you? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Not had very much to do fuck since off. you left Downing Street. Have you, Dave? Come on, Dave. Oh, I've got a right fresh young sapling. <laughs> sapling? Sapling. <laughs> grown tr- pigs in the ground. It's nice. It's got good salty flesh. It's, it's just developed trotters. <laughs> Um, roots apparently so she says are you a friend of Pepper and he says great I'm a friend of Pepper too and any friend of Pepper is a friend of mine which isn't quite how it works really otherwise like it's six years of separation I suppose though um and then after she said she sort of has a bit of back chat about how we're going to go through a cinema experience she doesn't actually I've just made that up she doesn't she talks about how she's gardening and she makes you sing a song like force you down waterboards you and singing a song what's the song and then oh it's it's like a really like Dull. Like there's a later on they sing "We Was on the Bus Go Round and Round." Okay. Um, it's those kind of songs that they they drop in those, those sort of nursery school songs. Okay. Um, okay. There's then actually towards the end of the film, we're gonna skip ahead. Spoilers if you care, um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, maybe get your priority sorted out. Um, but there's at the end, the thing finishes with like a chip tunes remix of "Jumping Up and Down in Muddy Puddles." Ratchet chip tune. It's sort of yeah. That's great. <laughs> it is because the last episode of the thing that's on the thing is Peppa Pig in a music lesson. And part of the music lesson is that she plays what Pepper describes as the teacher describes. Uh, I'm sorry, what Pepper describes as space sp- space music, uh, which is chip tunes. Yeah. Um, and then it does chip tunes remix of jumping up and down in muddy puddles. Yeah. Um, which is great. But there you go. So yeah. Oh no. Also, at the end of that, Peppa Pig runs out in the golden boots. So the canon oh. makes sense. Whoa. The canon continues. So she's it's actually incredible. still maintained the golden boots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the thing starts. Yeah, and it's. Daisy uh, asks, can you hear that? And you hear a... And you think, no, it's not. And he says... And then you see in the background of the shot, like, yes. not quite in focus, <laughs> you, see, yeah. you see Peppa Pig cleaning Sweeping the up. tables. <laughs> then Daisy goes to put something in a bin and out comes Peppa. Down to, no, and then out of the doors, out of her house, for some reason, Peppa Pig's staying in Daisy's house. Out come Pepper and George. What? Both of them. They're horrifying real life versions. What, like people in costumes or like, no, like CGI? They're horrible, like really lazy puppets. Really? And every time they, like, Pepper speaks and like they've got voices recorded. And obviously yeah. it isn't the same voice because this mouth doesn't sync up. It's mouth just opening and closing. Every time it opens and- its mouth, you hear like the sound of like a tape recorder, like sort of starting. <laughs> 
every Hello. time she opens her mouth, her head. Every time she opens her mouth, her head comes slightly off her shoulders. Oh my god! It's horrifying, <laughs> and it isn't synced up at all. And the eyes don't move as well; they sort of focus on the same place at all times. And her arms are always outstretched with her three fingers. Oh wow! It's, it's a horror. Have you, like Ben? You've seen Basket Case, haven't you? Uh, yes, I've yeah. seen Basket Case. It reminded me of Basket Case. It reminded me of puppetry in Basket, which is actually more advanced because the mouth actually moves in that, yeah. and the eyes move. Um, it was that sort of just horrifying, really basic, like eighties horror movie puppetry. This is the cold open. Yeah, <laughs> this is the cold open of Peppa Pig. It was. That, it turns out Daisy had like a, a Siamese twin who was cut off, who was like, who's Peppa Pig, and she keeps him in a basket. <laughs> And just, again, every so often it goes around and murders people. We then go inside, inside the house. Oh, uh, follows in, yeah, Scorsese style tracking shot <laughs> in. And um, we see Pepper, and Daisy says, Pepper, what have you got there? Um, and it's sort of this long, sort of tubular object we can see a bit of. Uh, and it's a dildo. No, um, <laughs> and it's. <laughs> and oh. Pepper says, This is my boomerang. It's yeah. shaped like a banana, which it only is thanks to us leaving the European Union, not having straight bananas. <laughs> um, there we go. Um, and Pepper then says, I got it when I went to Australia, which is a teaser, because in the last episode, uh, Pepper visits Australia. Does she? Um, yeah, it's like a 30-part episode. Oh, I think he said, like a, he said, he said a teaser. Yeah. So, it so leads like, into... It's like setting up exposition. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, you know the bit in Shaun of the Dead where they have the conversation that mirrors exactly the plot of the film later on in the pub? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's for sh- so it's foreshadowing in Peppa yeah, Pig. It's, I'm a, I'm it's... A mad- Wait, so, so does she actually go to Australia at the end? Yes. No. Um, when when, when the... she goes there, does she get off the plane and she's greeted by a friendly kangaroo who comes up and she's like, you're right, cunt. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. Um, she I goes to... to teach the kids sort of like, in Australia, cunt can be a friendly thing as well. <laughs> she... she Repeat after me, cunt. <laughs> Right, can <laughs> um, I wrote down the list of all of the episodes involved in the thing and thought I'd try and quickly recount what happened in each of them. The idea was I wouldn't spend too long in the bits in between, but you know what? I've already done that. Um, so the first episode is Pepper goes to visit London. Um, oh, yeah, she goes to London, and what what popular sort of tourist hotspots so does she go to? The first to? place she goes to is Buckingham Palace. Oh, right. and she rings the intercom to ask if she can come in. And you know who answers it? Is it the Queen? Is the Queen? Oh, because sh- of course the Queen. <laughs> She's is, who lives there the now. Queen receives all calls from the public. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she can never get on with official business. So, also, correct me if I'm wrong. In the Peppa Pig canon, um, the Queen is the only human to exist. The as Queen well. is a human. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. the Queen's the Queen, the queen is human. The all the others are animals. The Queen is human. Though this is nowhere near as terrifying as a future episode, one of the later episodes, where they go to the zoo. Oh god! Which is basically prison. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh god, that's a terrifying concept. And they, yeah, so they, go, they go there, and there's like a, there's a giraffe, like sort of. Like, it's going, hold, help me! <laughs> they knock me up. They told me from a. Fa- no, uh, okay, okay, please. Please. One of the kids. This is a really burly gorilla with teardrop tattoos. <laughs> one <laughs> one of the kids in Pepper's school is a giraffe. Okay. Oh it's like Georgia giraffe or something, and they go into the zoo. And at one point in the zoo, um, they go, "That's a giraffe." And the giraffe kid goes, "Yeah, it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's <laughs> in prison. Yes. Well, dad lives in the zoo. How's the Peppa Pig world the work? Dad lives in the zoo. <laughs> also, the hippo in there is vo- like the owner of the that the, the main park keeper is voiced by Joe Brand. Oh God. Yeah. So make what you will of that. Um, it's 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 kind of horrifying. There's also a running joke that because Peppa's teacher is a gazelle. And she's Miss Gazelle. Um, one of the other park keepers is a lion. Oh. And what do lions eat? Is it gazelles? They eat gazelles. 
And there's this running joke about how... I'm going to eat you. I <laughs> keep saying, I'm really hungry and I can't think why. And oh, my like, God. <laughs> the episode ends on the lunchtime. Oh, God. Um, and the gazelle says... Um, and it, it's time for us to have lunch and then the lion goes oh what's for lunch I'm really hungry and then Miss Gazelle says we all brought our lunch boxes and he goes great I'm still hungry and he's sort of looking at Miss Gazelle the entire time and then it cuts away like to Pepper <laughs> eating their lunch and everything and then it cuts back Spl- and, sprays and the, 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 the lion's holding Miss Gazelle in his fucking jaw yeah, <laughs> like, by her neck <laughs> like hanging lightly down she's Every, completely like, limp she, she's like twitched every so often like she's kicking about but, but that, when she tries to Mr. Lion just like shakes her <laughs> <laughs> um, the first animal they spot is a tortoise oh boy. and Pepper asks they say this is a does anyone know what this is and they say, Pepper says it's a tortoise and then he says yes do you have any questions and Pepper says how long do they live <laughs> <laughs> what a sounds, sounds especially like a, given especially given that they're sentient as well yeah. like like sounds within like the fucking big threat animal. in that world <laughs> just like how long is it gonna live miss like it's not like the, the fucking the equivalent of Pepper going into a retirement home and going, <laughs> how long until we can roll this one down the furnace <laughs> He's like going into prison and saying, when is that one going to die? <laughs> when are we giving this one the chair? I want his teeth. I want his golden teeth. I especially appreciated it in Bojack Horseman where they explain like the um, the, the specifics of this world where there's animals and human people like, living together. Yeah. And uh, and like people still eat chicken. And it like, just shows that like, there's a chicken farm. And all the, like, the, like, the chickens they do harvest are like chicken people. But then they're like, kept in this sort of like... Sort of weird, like, me- kind of like medicated state. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, I imagine it's like that. Yeah, it's much like that. Um, <laughs> like some weird dystopia. Um, to go back to the London episode, I think we'll cover the Zoom episode now. Um, they have, um, they at one point go over London Bridge because the Queen offers to take them on a tour of London herself mm-hmm. in a double decker bus. She's driving the bus yeah. because, sure. Can the um, Queen even fucking drive? <laughs> I have no idea, but she can drive a bus in the Peppa Pig universe. Yeah. Um, oh. And at one point they go to go over a, bu- over a bridge, um, and it does this thing where they're halfway over the bridge and the bridge lifts up because there's a boat going by, driven by Captain Dog, who retired from sailing uh. in the last Peppa Pig movie. Oh, oh. my God. So so in character. Maybe he's been no, brought, brought out of retirement because like, he's, he's got his own plot going on. But the canon suggests that he is retired and he's not sailing anymore. Okay. And there's another episode, which is Captain Dog's birthday. And Captain Dog is really depressed because he hasn't gone sailing in two years. Despite the fact we've just seen him in the last episode sailing. The cannon is all over the place at this point. Well, it's um, two years apart. And <laughs> Pepper, but then, like, Pepper Pig and George don't age. Yeah, no, they don't, which yeah. is horrifying. Um, they're, they're, they're like fed medication that stunts the growth. Captain Dog's birthday, uh, his present from his wife, is that they're going on a canal boat. Um, so they sort of go through this magical canal boat with the family, with um, like Daisy Dog, whatever her name is, mm. and Mrs. Dog, and Captain Dog, the dad. Uh, <laughs> and for some reason, they bring along Pepper and George, yeah. because they are the centre of the universe, <laughs> and everything revolves around that. Like, this is just a family outing for them, and yeah. they bring along they just, want, they just want to fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, it. That's, it. that's it. That's exactly. So what's like, going can on. I come? It's like no, oh, no we, it's just it's just a special thing for me and Mrs. Dog. Yeah, we'd love to come. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> like the marriage is falling apart. We've just got we've got no sex life going on. Just always a compliment. It's, like, it's like Captain Dog. He had he had been saving so long for this trip. He's going to save his marriage. <laughs> He's going to make love to his wife like he used to when they when they were young. They like, have on, the, on the open ocean. Like, you, you, the only time he'd really feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, there's another bit where Daisy... Back to back with his engorged penis, like dogs do. <laughs> um, Daisy tries to get us to play, like, um, Pepper goes to hide a boomerang, and she literally hides it, like, slightly out of frame. And then Daisy spends about half an hour walking around trying to find it. Oh, what and dumb like, really fucking But the thing is, the camera pans out so we can see where it is the whole time. So you get this real sense of, like, dramatic irony. It's basically Frankenstein, and the way the dramatic eye is really, like, laid through from the very start of the book. Um, it's basically like that, but in two minutes and done by a out of actor. modern Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they go on to do... Oh, yeah, and then to do some different um, dinosaur impressions and different yeah. animal impressions uh, in which time George manages to lose his dinosaur or we have to go and find him again what um, doesn't he where... lose it in the last one as well constantly constantly he's con- he can never find his dinosaur when is she going to have the first cinema experience <laughs> so so, so the uh, lose uh, dinosaur and there's a line which I wrote down because I liked it um, where Daisy says I can hear some daddy dinosaurs which is a line to encourage the parents to do dinosaur impressions. Okay. Um, but it sounds like a line from an OAP porno to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, just like really just fetish-loving dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially um, that the sentient in this world, like, like d- daddy. Um, oh. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't like the use of the word daddy in that way. It's so fucking... What's wrong with the daddy? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> You're only my stepdad. Um, but... <laughs> I yeah no they then do a bunch of animal impressions which ends with them doing an impression of an owl oh. and this is racist in this universe you know it? you know the bit in The Exorcist oh boy where her head twists all the way around oh no Peppa Pig yeah um, <laughs> Peppa Pig then goes to Australia wait um, no d- does Peppa Pig's head turn all the way around it begins to and it doesn't go the whole way around <laughs> it, just begin, are too cheap. it just it just stops it just a neck just clicks and yeah. then it's the next scene and then suddenly light is stripped from the scene darkness <laughs> falls then it, it fades out it fades back in and Pepper's strapped to a bed she, <laughs> she, she's gone kind of green and there's like there's, there's a priest who's like a who's like a horse or something <laughs> like, like just reading passages from the Pepper Pig version of the Bible <laughs> um, so yeah then Pepper goes to Australia she's visiting Kai the kangaroo Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, who's similar structure to Peppa Pig? They live in this basically the same house, but for some reason it's in Australia. Yeah. Uh, oh, so there's also an episode where the police come teach how to use the bike safely, and David Mitchell plays one of the police officers. Really? So go, yeah. Really? Oh, wow. I kept spending whole thinking that sounds like David Mitchell, and I waited. For, I sat through the whole credits, um, which I normally would have filmed. Get the really fucking like. bike, Pepper. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's Peppa goes to Australia, um, and she learns to throw a boomerang. And nice. it breaks every window in oh. Kylie the Kangaroo's neighbour's house. But the uh, he's like, Wal- like Mr. Wallaby, Mr. Wallaby, who keeps Walter encoding the Wallaby them. Or... Yeah. Um... And then Dennis the Drop Bear falls out of the tree and just tears his fucking skin off. <laughs> uh, I've got a quote here, I can't read. Kevin the Koala. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Off no, his face uh, in eucalyptus. Um... <laughs> <laughs> they go to... massive pupils. Yes. Hey, man. <laughs> they I'm go... sorry, I should do that in a more like, Australian way, so. Hey man, oh, I can't hey, do that. Hey man, you all right? <laughs> How's it going? You want some eucalyptus? I want it. <laughs> I want to see like it just, it just betrays Australia and it's like some like it's like real life Australia with just some like proper fucking bogans going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, I can. You got a lighter? <laughs> you borrow a ciggy from me, you pepper. You can't. Give us a dairy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's constantly like smoking meth because <laughs> Australia has a quite an established meth problem. <laughs> uh, so Pepper goes to Australia. They go to the outback to have. They go to have a barbecue. 
And the thing is, they all have corn on the cob to avoid cannibalism, I think. Yeah. Um, because they realise that scene would probably be problematic, but they had to have it in there. Yeah. Uh, they then play cricket. Um, and Daddy Pig says, do you have cricket in Australia? Because he's really surprised that Australians play cricket. And then um, Kevin um, the koala turns to him and goes, yes, after your country colonised us, we're all descended from slaves with a bastardised version of your culture. And then Daddy Pig goes on a little tirade about how uh, they need to take back control. <laughs> <laughs> Where does the Peppa Pig world diverge from ours? Daddy Pig thinks the borders are at breaking point. <laughs> um, the other thing that happens is at the end of every part of the Australia episode, um, they go, great, we can't wait to do something tomorrow. And then Pepper, no, then the Daddy Kangaroo and Mummy Kangaroo go, you're staying another day? You're staying tomorrow? Um, and then they get to a point where Daddy, no, where um, they go into work and um, Mummy Kangaroo works at the Great Barrier Reef and they go diving in a submarine that Mummy Kangaroo can afford to be on affording a really fancy car that they have. Hmm. Um, because well, the Australian economy's booming, so. Well, yeah, no, someone's economy it's has to be. It's booming, rang. Um, hey. Amazing. Yeah, it keeps coming back to them every time they blow it. Um, <laughs> you know what? You, you've made a pun, so I'm going to go for one that um, I could have made earlier but decided not yeah. to. Um, you said that Peppa Pig and all the, pi- the pigs, the pig family, kept staying. Um, have they overstayed their welcome, just like Tony Abbott, the Prime Minister of Australia? <laughs> there we go. There we go. Incredible. Just just, just thought I'd put the brakes on this all to go back and make a poorly timed joke about <laughs> Tony Abbott. And um, when is there a good time to make a joke about Tony Abbott? Um, and they then, yeah, they then keep stretching it out. Uh, and there's a bit where Daddy Kangaroo starts being really shifty about his plans and how he wants not just... Uh, it's when they go surfing. And he wants not just Mummy Kangaroo... No, not just the pigs to go, but Mummy Kangaroo as well. Which I couldn't shake the feeling that they were heavily implying that Daddy Kangaroo is having an affair. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. And I started to wonder who he could possibly be with. Because the only other characters in Australia, according to this, and they spent a few days in Australia, are one koala that Pepper finds in a tree... And <laughs> Mummy Kangaroo, uh, Mummy the Kangaroo family, uh, and Mr Wallaby, mm. and Mr Wallaby acted really shiftily oh. when um, Daddy Kangaroo first comes round and seems to sort of let him off with an awful lot because Daddy Kangaroo breaks his windows and he's like, "Oh, it's okay. I don't mind anything for you." So I feel like <laughs> oh. Daddy Kangaroo is having a gay affair with <laughs> Mr. Wallaby. Yeah. Is there ever a, a section where all the other characters walk off screen and then Daddy Pig goes right up to Mr. Wallaby and the camera comes in really tight and he's like, I can't wait to get inside your pocket, you sexy marsupial. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a phrase I said often enough, you sexy marsupial. <laughs> Mr. Wallaby there, making like David Cameron. Um, so yeah, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the thing. It then ends <laughs> wave off. I like how we've been talking more about Peppa Pig than we have about the um, the snap election than about the Tomahawk missiles and the mother of all bombs being dropped in the Middle East. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) But I spent... Pressing matter, Peppa Pig, my first cinema experience. How does it end? Um, It ends with they all wave and say, bye, we'll see you next time for your next cinema experience. There's going to be a complete trilogy. That's not fucking satisfying. I'm going to have to come back and talk about that in two more years' time. Do you think if... Because if there was a nod to the first one... Yeah. Um, where Pepper comes out in the golden boots. What elements... <laughs> comes out like Daddy Pig will have to, like Daddy Kangaroo will have to. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like that, you know, if, if it took a bit of, like, a social stance and, yeah. like, 
like yeah. Daddy Pig leaves to get with Mr. Wallaby. We've had yeah. our first gay Power Ranger. We've had our first gay Doctor Who companion. It's time for our first gay Peppa Pig character. It's time for our first gay pig. Our yes. first gay Daddy Pig. Who's Daddy? Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wallaby's always like, oh, Daddy Pig. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. They use the word da- daddy way too liberally in the Peppa Pig world for it not to have any sexual connotations. Yeah. 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 But everyone addresses them, and I made this point on episode 11 back then. Well, all the characters address Daddy Pig ad- oh. and Mummy Pig. Yeah. Like, even sort of, so the koalas. Because no, Daddy Pig's in a BDSM relationship with everyone in the town. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We all call him Daddy. But if, when Peppa has He's sex. the top of all tops. When Pepper's done a sex and inseminated probably George because they've got such a limited gene pool because uh, they only have pigs four, out dude. there. She's four, dude. I know. But when it comes to that... Well, oh, she pigs reach be... full maturity in like two oh, years. Oh, yeah, true. So, yeah. It's fine, then. So she's probably... Uh, yeah, by now she should be. I was fucking the last fucking old bitch. She, she, she's probably of prime breeding age now. Like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sexy Pepper Pig. Um, <laughs> we ended there. You heard it here first, folks. Pepper Pig and the sexy boots. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Pepper Pig is legal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Imagine if you could have all the benefits of HIV without actually getting AIDS. You can find it all here on Purple Discharge. Hello, me the robot's brother again. A story broke just after the Discharge Boys recorded the show confirming the topic they discuss in the following link isn't true. But they recorded it so here it is anyway. Do any of you live in South Thanet? Um, last time I checked, no. Oh, okay. South Thanet. Um, well, I do, and there's oh, one really? man who I whom I support unconditionally. Oh, who's that man? Who's also based from around there. Who is it? Um, his name rhymes with... Wigel Barrage. Oh, is it uh, Tigel Marage? It is, it's Tigel Marage. Tigel Marage. I really love his socialist policies he yeah, always he's, pushes. He's the most progressive man I've ever seen. Mm. Yeah. He's incredible. Tigel Marage is brilliant. Not like his twin brother. Yeah. <laughs> who's um, Smigel Clarage. Why has he got a different surname? <laughs> my favourite thing, thing about Tigel Marage. Um, he's a half brother, you see. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's how it works. You just have to have a name that rhymes with them. He's only half he your took brother. on his spouse's name, which coincidentally was basically the same name as his, but with one letter off. I was going to do them together. They're on a dating site for people with names that rhyme with Farage. It's a very, it's a very uh, inbred place, though, South Thanet. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's yeah. evidence based by the fact that Nigel Farage um, served as an MEP for there for a bit. Yeah. And do you know what? Toad. Nigel what? Farage has previously run for to be a member of parliament there mm-hmm. seven times. Mm-hmm. And he's just said he's going to do it again. As in just said? He's, he's just sort of... Channel 4 news interview went up about an hour ago oh, saying wow. that he's planning on running again. He wants that, doesn't he? Yeah. The thing is, wait, so he's running for South Thanet again? Yes. But when he last ran in South Thanet, he was crushed out of the out of the polls. Mm. But I think because it became a major polling point that anyone mm. that had a problem with UKIP went and voted there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because people turned out en masse to yeah. vote against UKIP. Like, yeah. A bunch of people vote, like, it had a really if I remember correctly, unusually high proportion of people turning out to vote green because yeah. they're seen as the the left alternative. It had UK, the biggest swing of people voting um, Tory instead of Labour in the country because mm. people just didn't want Farage to get in. So they were voting for the Tories instead of Labour, which... They South Thanet sounds like one of the places you'd only hear about in the first line of Limerick. <laughs> there was, no, an MP like... of, was an MP of South Thanet who hated Islam so much he would want to ban it. It sounds like the town <laughs> you started in an RPG. Yeah. 
South Fanet. Um, but no, Farage He ran has... for election and by vivisection um... Fuck. <laughs> Admittedly, maybe I've made this difficult by trying to and, find something that thematically... And, and, and he won that election when he ran it. Hopefully not. But... <laughs> so, well, that's, that's not a very good limerick because it doesn't really address the vivisection that's happened. Yeah. All I'm saying is, Ben, we should be better on-the-spot limerick poets. Do you want to come up with another limerick? Yeah. Um, We're like, do you want to do it line for line? Yeah, okay. Like you start. There was a man called Nigel. Shit. There was a man who was the leader of UKIP. Nothing rhymes with UKIP, James. Yeah, it does. Lip, Nip, tip, slip, nip, tip, trip, bip, flip. So, fucking... Let, let's start that one again, Ben. Okay. There was a man who was the leader of UKIP. He really rather gave me the pip. The pip? The pip. What? Oh, is this not... Sorry, uh, it's a northeastern expression. Uh, as in... To say that someone annoys you. Oh, right. I yeah, thought you meant I, as in I, personal independence paint. I think the rhyme would have to be... Uh, for the actual like rhythm, it needs to be like, something that rhymes with like the you and the kip. Uh, rather than that. just pip. That's pedantic. Or it sounds I'm weird. the third best poet in the Midlands, so I should know. Oh, yeah, true. You are yeah. the third best poet in the Midlands. Yeah. People forget this. Okay. The, they don't the, tell him often enough. There was a man who was in the UKIP who... Had once had a big poo slip. <laughs> it went down his pants, <laughs> and he did a dance, and had to run to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> toilet. Which is a bit, it's, it's like just got on the edge of the crowbar por- rhymes on on the edge of the the porcelain bowl. It's you, just like got a big fleshy lip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had such high hopes for the the quality of satire we could produce for this election, <laughs> but we've just written a poem about Nigel Farage having a shit. Should, should we get back on topic anyway? <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> Farage, he's ran seven times there. He's been he's lost every time. Why won't Nigel Farage respect democracy and respect the will of the people? The people have spoken, and I don't want Nigel Farage to be an MP. It's because all of uh, his, it, it, that's the thing that he he says. Yep, the you people got, have spoken. He's, got him. He's got so many double standards, though. Like he fucking yeah. like like uh, as much as he likes to push his agenda of like oh these these career politicians getting just just solely out for themselves. They're terrible. They're bringing the country down. And then in the wake of the Brexit vote, he immediately used it to cosy up to the US and to cosy up yeah. to Trump. Yeah. It's just, he, 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 everything he says has a double standard to it. He can't be trusted. Nope. Uh, he's probably too easy. A, he's not too easy a target because he's so far above us, but I feel like he's too common a target almost. I um, so I've had, if he's a slimy politician. I've, I've had a lot of difficulties um, recently because um, I've been trying to edit the, like, oh, this is, I suppose, a little bit of something you can look forward to, yeah. guys. I've been trying to cut together something of a trailer mm. for our next live show, Eurovision Referendum mm. on May the 11th, if anyone's interested. Um, and... In order to try and find footage that I can legally use, I've had to find a lot of stock footage sites. Right. Archive.org has been an invaluable resource. Um, it's given me a lot of stock footage about Brexit, about the referendum. Mm. But the one political party that is consistently uploading its material onto the archive is UKIP. Really? So I now have a shit ton of videos on my hard drive mm. of Nigel Farage and hardly any of the others. <laughs> That's really... 
is it because they're trying to do this whole create a legacy thing? They want them to be. I think That's so. Really I think so. Point. Turn it, it, myself into a free stock photo. Then I'll be around forever. It, it's an interesting. <laughs> I'm going to turn myself into the clip art frog. If I take a stock photo of me eating a yoghurt, then is every it, time anyone ever wants to eat a yoghurt, they will think of me. He's be laughing while you do it. It, um, it poses a lot of interesting, interesting <laughs> it was out questions. Of date because of the fridge, everything is out within the fridge. Callback. Um, it poses a lot of interesting questions, I think, because. Obviously, as as the old saying would go, history is written by the victors. Mm. But I think what with in the recent wake of fake news and alternative facts, the case isn't necessarily that history is written by the victors. Mm. It's now that history is written by the loudest. Mm. And yeah. if if UKIP are constantly uploading their stuff into archives, it means that in the future people will look back. And does that mean that people will have a warped understanding of the past? Mm. That people will look back and think, oh yeah, well the people of Britain were being underrepresented and clearly they yeah. voted overwhelmingly for Brexit because that's what they felt. Do you know what the thing they the interesting were, they thing here is though, though? That you are louder than any of them um, just because you've got your voice. So therefore, I think so. you've just written James. history so by recording that. So you've officially just saved us from that future. So thank you. Um, no, on that, it's an interesting <laughs> point. When I left seeing Peppa Pig and the Golden Boots, I went to see a real proper film that was an actual film. It's hard to sort of motivate myself to see it. Uh, but I saw Sense of an Ending with Jim Broadbent, which is really quite good. Hey. But um, there's a line in it of where the borrower's says, fame. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's what he's best known for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his only other film, The Borrowers. <laughs> uh, there's a line also in, in it. Filth. No, he's only in the borrowers, James. And Pirates of the Caribbean. Are we James, listing Jim can, can you listen? <laughs> I think so. Do you, um, do you not hear what I said? Is only in the borrowers. <laughs> he exists only within the he borrowers. Plays a, he plays the same character in all these films. Um, like, in the so, other films, he gets enlarged. <laughs> um, so he... Jim Broadbent... <laughs> he's actually um, that size, James. There's a, there's a line in the film, which is that history is written by the victors, um, and then... Uh, someone corrected and stolen says, by the borrowers. <laughs> <laughs> says he, he, he bring it into the tunnel of mouse holes and the delusions of the loudest loser. Ah, um, oh. which is yeah, that's quite a quite a big step. Like the, the, there's a lot of weight to those mm. words. And because there's sort of this whole running thing about he's trying to remember this thing that happened in his past and he can't remember it and it's sort of is it him being delusional blah blah blah. So it all ties into the film. But it's a I thought it was an interesting point about what's going on now. Um, and because Trump is basically a loser in most sense of the word, apart from the fact that he won an election. Um, <laughs> and made a shit You're going to get tired yeah. from winning all the time. From outsourcing but his labour to, com- to China. You compare it to how much he inherited. Uh, Paris Hilton, I mentioned this in the live show um, at the time, Paris Hilton did three times as much with her inherited wealth as Donald Trump has with his. So who's the real genius businessman? That'd be a class for the ages, wouldn't it, in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> Paris Hilton versus Donald Trump. <laughs> for the presidency. I, I know that I've um, I've referenced this in the past, but mm. I do I do genuinely, genuinely, I think that it's very important that we, as we are now, make a genuine concerted effort as a society to record accurately the political climate at the time, because yeah. this is such an amazingly tense mm. political time that we live in, and I think that you know, give it twenty years, like people will be looking back in history lessons. Mm. Yeah. On this time in British politics, there has been so many times lately where I've been thinking, "Oh God, I'm going to have to tell my grandchildren about this in a history project, aren't I?" 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. sit down. It's like, oh god. And they're going to ask you go. really disinterested questions about yeah. just like, Granddad. So what was it? What was it like when the Brexit vote came through? And you're like, well, it all started when and just like, just, just short, just quickly, Granddad. Just I've only got two lines, <laughs> when, and you're when, like, well, the entire political climate was was very tense at the time. If you really want to understand it, really, you've got to go back to the 2010 general election. Like, Granddad, Granddad Ben, just just quickly, just just. So, like my... one sentence, Granddad Ben. Yeah, well, those rude little bastards are calling me by my first name. <laughs> yeah. my I want to drown him, like my granddad did to me. <laughs> he drowned you. Yeah. Uh, no, when my grandkids come to ask me the same question of where were you when the Brexit vote came through? How did you find out? I say, well, it all start. I found out when. Oh, my good friend James Boston, who of course was elected prime minister. Would in you not refer to? Would you not um, say your uncle James to your sorry, grandkids? So your godfather James. <laughs> don't, don't call him uncle anymore after what he did to you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> man! Stop inferring that I'm molesting Robbie's kids and grandkids. Only in the Wait a future. minute, I, not now. Am I marrying one of your brothers? Wait, what? What? I said <laughs> what? <laughs> I said I said no. I was in like like a friendly. Like, okay, yeah. Okay. Did you not have those relatives? It'd be like, oh, this is yeah. your uncle or your auntie, but they weren't actually a relative. It was just like a close family friend or something. Yeah, Aunt Beth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we all yeah. had them. Um, I had, I had um, Auntie Zenia. And, uh, <laughs> no, that was a, that was a condition. Did you did you suffer from Auntie Zenia? She she was called Zenia, and I remember because um, every single time she came round to our house, my dad would be upstairs and hear her come in, and he'd shout. Auntie Zenya! <laughs> uh, we know where he gets it from. Hey. No, um, and I'd have to say, yeah, I found out when, yeah, as our recent Prime Minister um, and probably award-winning comedian and now um, the now lovingly deceased uh, James Boston. <laughs> um, Making predictions. I found out, and I'll say to my four-year-old Blow his brains out on my cabin. <laughs> I just had a message on a group chat with him saying the word shit <laughs> over and over again <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to say when when my grandkids ask me what 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 did you how did you how did you find out about brexit yeah and i'll say i woke up in the morning i rolled over i checked my phone um you guys won't have those grandkids you because obviously all of your communication technologies are built in, they're built into your skulls <laughs> um so i checked my uh, telephone um, and I read My the news. Telemodular device. I, I read the headline and I had to reread it four times because I didn't believe it. Right, I was. Oh no! I told, we've told this story like twice on the podcast. I'm not going to go through. Where but, I was but, but we're talking about in the context of to our future grandchildren. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I shot myself, but thankfully the NHS saved me because we had a really good health system back then. Yeah. Before um, it was you, privatized. You wouldn't realise now, yeah, because it's been massively privatized. Um, and they'll be like, "But Granddad, is it, it, is it Jeremy Corbyn it, still alive? Is <laughs> it is it is it true that when you hurt yourself, that that taxes would pay for it, and that we lived in a society where where if you were ill, you were taken care of?" And I and I'll be like, "Well, kids, as we all remember, like, no, not not anymore. <laughs> oh, it's all gonna happen. It was I was talking to Jordan the other day and mentioned that." Um, now shut up and eat your sustenance pills. Yeah, Jordan's my <laughs> name, my grandkid. Um, I named them Jordan, Ben, and James. Um, which one of them was a girl? Um, yeah. She didn't mind. Uh, I named her Ben. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just got to go with Jordan the, with that the joke, one. Yeah, the joke there was that one of them is a unisex name. That's, that's, and that's hilarious. Yeah, it was. It was a quick joke, Ben. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be lingered on. Uh, um, ben, my grandkid, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, ben, Robbie's sexy granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> 
If that's not the title of this podcast. <laughs> it's especially funny uh, because his, uh, his grandson, Jordan, also had massive tits. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's going to write the Brexit history book? Is it going to be you, Kip? <laughs> the big book of Brexit. It's just like a toilet book. But this is the thing, the thing I was saying, that um, more has changed in the last five years since I finished, since I finished yeah, A-level politics and came out with um, 96% on the exam paper and an A-star, just, just saying. Um... But like I wouldn't have got that nowadays because so much would have changed just between the exam taking place and it being marked mm. and me getting it back. And more has changed in the last five years since I finished that than in the top of the twenty years previous to that. And I can't help but constantly think, how would this be taught if I was learning it now? If I was doing it now? Um, but yeah, sorry, there's not a joke here. Mm. No, it's just, it's, it's just, just sort an of an interesting point. sort of moment of reflection, isn't it? It's it's what. And what is this podcast for? We are not a comedy podcast. We are an interesting moment of reflection podcast. Yeah. I don't know why iTunes don't categorise us as such. We be above Kevin Smith every week. Yeah. <laughs> we were listed as such. I think it's, it is it is an interesting one. Mm. Because I, the, the time that we are living in, people will look back on. Either yeah. with, with fond memories or with terror. Yeah. And we're living in the blissful... We we don't know what's going to happen. No, is is that blissful or is that terrifying? Because at the mo- most it's of the time, it's terrifying. Fucking it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And it's going to be interesting to listen back to these in like in my head. We continue doing this podcast for the rest of our lives. When I'm and, when I'm a head in a jar, yeah, and just listen back to this and be like, oh god, it sounded fucking terrible there. <laughs> it sort of becomes like an in, uh, good thing I had my vocal cords removed. But it's interesting. I listened back to an old episode a couple of weeks ago, um, and you said that you drew a picture of the European... You, you asked to draw, James, uh, like four things that are important to you, and you drew yeah, a map yeah. of Europe. Uh, and I said, oh, is the European Union something particularly important to you? And you're like, ha no, I just went travelling around there. And it's amazing listening back to that now, because <laughs> like it's become the most important issue for us. Yeah, it's become yeah. the thing that sort of defined, politically speaking, who we are. Which is amazing, the, the, the speed at which things have changed just in a couple of years. It's an odd this, one, isn't this it? Podcast. We, we all graduated university mm. for our undergraduate degrees before Brexit. But, but mm. before... We finished yeah, the degree. It seems so long ago. Brexit, yeah. months of terror. I, I, <laughs> it's like, it's like do, do you ever have people talk about like, like, um, what, what life was like before a family member or like a family pet joined? Like, <laughs> like oh, I don't remember it before Dennis the dog was around. Like... Like, I don't think I remember a time before Brexit. It's because no. Dennis the Dog's always existed, James. He's always been there. He's always been there. <laughs> they, built, they built your house around him. Is this like, a, are we getting a, a sort of Orwellian 1984? Like, Brexit was always a thing. Yeah. <laughs> We've always been at war with the European Union. There's all posts of Dennis the Dog everywhere. War is peace, freedom is slavery. Jean-Claude Juckner is a bastard. <laughs> Dennis the Dog's always been So I, once on a school trip in primary school, spent mm. two days living and working in a Viking village. Why? Working? Yeah, we worked. They, made, worked they legit made us work the fields. Did you have to really? wear a uniform oh, wow. with the spiky helmets? We didn't have to wear a uniform. They gave us sort of robes and like, okay. like cloaks and things. But it was... Um, cult. The, um, the idea was that... Because we were studying um, Vikings in school yeah. at the time. I think it was in like year three. And the idea was that in York where obviously a lot of the Vikings mm. first came and uh, settled or raided. Um, there's a long-standing history of Viking culture. So we went off to, it was called like the real Viking experience. I went, I've, I've done that, yeah. And we, Is we, this the thing where they ride around on like a cable car 
and you see we like, did just we like did, the Vikings. We yeah. did that at the end of the trip, okay. um, at the end of the second day. But I believe there's there's that, and it smells horrible. And then they had an actual Viking village, mm-hmm. um, and then. Um, they had something else that we didn't do, right. but, but we, it was a two-day extravaganza. It was, it was really, really fun. So for a day and a half, we went. Well, for the first day, we went. We lived and worked in a Viking village. We mm. went back and we stayed at some like um, kids' refuge or whatever the fuck yeah. it was, wherever they leave you. And then we did half a day's work um, in the Viking village again on the second day. Went around the cart and then went home at the end of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember, like a lot of the other kids walked away from the Viking village experience with a lot more of an understanding about Viking culture. Mm. I walked away from it with a cold, cold, revelatory understanding of how cruel and unfair life is. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a very distinct reason for that. So we were all brought in to... The, the Viking, like, there was a sort of log cabin where all yeah. of, like, the people that worked there, and they were basically just, like, um, acting students who were at uni, yeah. um, who just needed a bit of extra yeah. work. So they all brought you in, and they were all in, like, authentic period Viking dress. That'd be a great everything. job to do. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do yeah. that, to just, just be in a Viking village. I, I, it must have been brilliant. So they brought us all in, and we all got split up into groups. Mm. And then they went, okay, you're now going to be assigned your Viking roles. And I was like, oh. Brilliant. Berserker. Berserker. <laughs> Give me Berserker. Right, right we're going to douse you out of drugs, throw you into the battlefield. <laughs> you just got to kill as many as you can before you die. Um, so they, they selected all the kids, and like the first ones they called out, and they picked it more or less completely at random. Mm. Ex- except I think there was like the teacher sort of suggested that if you like, oh, don't give so and so a particularly physically role, because yeah. their, their parents wrote in the waiver that they can't work a plough. <laughs> so um she has flashbacks every time <laughs> to uh to a traumatic childhood in, in an authentic viking village <laughs> um <laughs> so let's, just don't to let's, linger on that just to linger on that don't let her see this note she will remember just like don't remind her of when she was in the the 8th century in a viking <laughs> village like some sort of fucking time travelling viking sleeper agent <laughs> <laughs> she's been like, if, she, like if, if she does this, this, this particularly strenuous work at the viking village she'll like reactivate and start speaking Norwegian <laughs> <laughs> she's, know. There. she's there like, like, like they put out like the school dinner for her and she's like oh it's been a hard winter we've had a bad harvest Odin is angry with us <laughs> if, if she finds out she will only be able to speak Norwegian from then on and we know this will make the Brexit proceedings difficult she'll probably be kicked out so um, so they, they, they brought everyone in and they started assigning roles and the first kids that got called up were like right you're the earl you're the earl's wife you're the earl's kids you're viking royalty you're That's a- essentially, like, if you're a kid and you're assigned the role of a kid yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That it, kid's kid yeah but no so so everyone got called out <laughs> that was and actually they were, my favorite cartoon network show that kid's kid everyone's kid everyone got called out and they were like right so so you guys are the, are the wealthy family and they got given like really good well-kept robes and yeah. like like authentic like like good fur on on all of their clothing and everything and yeah. um then the, the, the other families got called out and it was like, right, okay, so you're the Miller's family. You're going to live and work in the milling hut. Like, you, you're, you're farmers. I was about, you're very... I was about to say the, like, the Millers don't really sound like a very uh, <laughs> a very Viking name. You're the Millers. <laughs> no, it's like a meet fish the out mi- Meet the Millers. It's like a fish out of water comedy. You've got like a modern 21st century family that's made to live in the... <laughs> Honey, I'm home from raping and pillaging. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so they dished everyone out. And then there was like me 
and mm. 11 other kids, the last dozen, and they said to us, right, you're the slaves. <laughs> you're the po- you're Were the, the po- others all black? You're the poorest in the village. No, I went, okay. I went to school in the northwest. There weren't any black kids. <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. That's, that's why you were chosen. Um, so, and I, I remember just being there just like, oh, but, but I don't want to be a slave. And then I, I vividly remember, like, one of the um, actresses who was there sort of kneeling down and looking me in the eyes and giving me this sort of, like, eye-level moment of, of just pure, raw emotion saying, people don't get to choose to be slaves. <laughs> it's forced upon them. And I was just, oh, okay, I guess I'm a slave then. <laughs> so, so they gave everyone all of their, they gave everyone their clothing and all of their stuff. And like, like there were, there were people who were like, right, you're warriors. You've got to defend the village in case it gets attacked and everything. And they got given like authentic swords and shields and, um, like the, the wealthy family got given like all of this like pottery and like sort of Viking valuables. And then we all went off to the village, which was like a short walk away in a nearby field. Mm. And everyone got assigned a house. And, like, the royal family and, and, like, the Viking earls and the jarls got this really nice cabin that had a second floor on it. It was the full, the, the, the full bore experience. Um, and it was, it was really authentic. Like, there were live chickens walking around and everything. Everyone got what, a... Not actors? No, they're actual chickens. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, no, no. Other actor students. Not, not just, like, uh, <laughs> university students Squawk. just dressed in chicken costumes. Peck, peck, yeah. I'm a chicken. Really small, deformed ones. <laughs> So everyone got dished out and everyone got sent to their houses. And then they took me and the other slaves to this rudimentary hut that not all of us could stand in at the same time. And I remember um, one of the other kids complaining, saying, but we can't all fit in here. And, and, and then, like, again, one of the actors was like, that's because the slaves weren't valued. It didn't matter what happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> and as the weekend went on, and more and more Wait, Viking... Did you, did you sleep there and everything? We didn't sleep there. Oh. We, we, we had, like, a hostel we stayed in. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say. But, but we sleep had, in a pile in the fucking cabin. But we, we, we had entire sweat. days of activities of, um, of, of like, doing Viking thing things. At one point, the village got attacked. Yeah. And the actors dressed up like sort of um, um, like differing and um, differing Vikings. And so, wait, so so like there's like there's children guarding the village. There's children and, guarding and, and, the village, and then and then the actors come out of full grown men. <laughs> just don't hold back, but just pick them just, up by the head and just throw it. Fucking kick down the shield wall. <laughs> just like beat them. <laughs> so so uh, earlier in the day, a bunch of us got taken out. So there was like the warrior family and me and all the other slaves. And we got taken to one side, and they were just like, "Just in case you get attacked, this is what you do." And they taught us. They taught about the actual um, Viking battle techniques, mm. and it was like, so everyone would go in, we'd evacuate the village, all the warriors would come out and form a shield wall, we'd meet the invaders on the field, and we'd do battle with them. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool!" So all the warriors are there with their like, like their blunted swords and their fucking authentic viking shields and me and the other slaves were there with rudimentary farming equipment <laughs> like, like one of us I, I remember i was like can i not have a sword and they're like no you're a slave you've got to use that brush <laughs> so, but this, so, is, this so, is where you have like a jason bourne moment and so you suddenly take i can't them believe all out. Never heard this story before this yeah. is <laughs> so, so there we are, and the, all the actors attack us, and they yeah. they stand at the end of one. <laughs> they they sort of shuffle through, so we can't you see sound them. Like a good Hollywood producers, after saying you're not e- introducing equal pay. <laughs> 
So all the actors gather at one end of the field and they yeah. blow a horn and then all of our like Viking village guides are running around going, Oh, we're being attacked! Everyone get back to your houses! And we were like, ah! Oh. And then there was another one running around like, Everyone, come on, all the Viking warriors, come out, come defend the village! <laughs> and we all got brought out. The warriors formed a shield wall and I was just sort of there stood behind them thinking okay me and the slaves aren't in a position to do this fighting maybe we can like replenish people's armor we can bring out supplies that's what we'll do and they said to us they told us as soon as they got as soon as a viking village was attacked the slaves wouldn't be valued so they were sent out first to just die against the walls of invaders so we were there behind the shield wall and they came out as the as the other actors were walking towards our defenses there was one of them going quickly slaves run out defend the village and we ran out there and at this point they brought all the other kids out to watch the battle <laughs> all of the actors came up to us and they were like I've stabbed you you're dead now and they just sort of like rub their swords on us which sounds like a euphemism yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we'd have to we'd have to die and we'd lie down in the field um and this this weekend continued there were all sorts of activities and at every single opportunity we were denied the the option to go forward and actually do and do the interesting things They're like no you're the slaves you don't get to do this and it was it was a really really bizarre weekend um i've still actually i think i've still got somewhere at my parents house a videotape that was taken um on on the weekend they edited together and like you could yeah. pay a fiver for it or something you know we have a youtube channel if i can find if i can find it yeah. i know that my parents have footage of me in like tattered rags walking around a viking village looking confused that's just grown up in macclesfield <laughs> <laughs> so um so the weekend ended and um, obviously, all the different groups had had different guides, so they'd mm. all learnt different lessons about different parts of like Viking culture. Mm. And when we were on the bus back, the teacher was walking through, like, "Oh, the Earls family. What what did you learn about Viking culture?" Like, we learnt that we have to say what happens to the wheat reserves and control who gets what in the village. Like, oh, what did you learn? We learnt that Vikings had rudimentary pottery. Rules and, three. <laughs> and and then they'd come to uh, they'd come to us about what did you learn. And I'd just be like, I learned that society is unfair. You don't get to pick if you're a slave. It's thrust upon you. And when the battle comes, you'll be the first one to die on the front lines. I bet you look forward to filling out the feedback form. <laughs> I think parents complained. <laughs> there, there was a complaint. There was like, why did why, like I paid 30 quid for this experience and my child was a slave for a weekend. <laughs> They made us work the fields. <laughs> they literally gave us farming equipment. They're like, go and go on, go till the land. We've got vegetables to grow. You've got to stock up for winter. Huh. And they say white privilege is real. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to another Verbal Discharge podcast. Yeah, I, I think that we've all learnt a lot of things today yeah. about Brexit, Thor Ragnarok, and Viking society. Yes, yeah, it's been last two sort of sort of get together. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and actually, slave trade and bre- I don't know where this is going. Yeah. Um, if you want more stuff like this, why not look at all of our other things that we do? We've had a YouTube channel. We've had loads of stuff going up recently, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, that's been loads. very active. Yeah. At least two. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's been a lot of other stuff going on. We've been uploading way more game things. Yeah. Um, there's bits and bobs of live show footage yeah. um, that you can find on there. What and we- um, speaking of which, if you are interested, listeners, mm. in coming to a live show, we've got our next live show as part of Derby Comedy Festival. It's the Eurovision referendum. 
It's on May the 11th at the Guildhall Theatre. Yes. Please come along. Please come along. It's going to be really, really good. We're also, uh, we will, we'll be doing this just after we've recorded the podcast, but it will have just gone up. You can see it still on our Facebook. Um, we're doing a draw as to what country we're going to be representing um, for the, at the, at the event as part of the, the Eurovision referendum. We're all going to be giving performances. We're going to be talking slightly about Brexit, but not too much. It's mainly Eurovision show, I say. <laughs> um, so if you want to hear about Eurovision, you want to hear about Brexit, come mm. along, check that out. It's going to be really end good. doing what we did today and just talking about Peppa Pig instead. Probably. Give the probably. Prominent theme. But but I hear you say, hey, verbal discharge, I don't like hearing voices. I like to read. My name's Jordan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, lucky you, readers, because we also have a blog at verbaldischarge.co.uk. Oh, and there's a lot of fun, exciting stuff that goes up on there. Yeah. There's also Facebook, facebook.com forward slash verbal discharge. If you do like that. Like, literally like it. Press like on the page. This is my real voice. What, is, what one hasn't been said? Uh, Twitter. Twitter. Oh, it's at Verbdish Radio yeah. for hilarious funny tweets where someone's taken over our Twitter page to try and hijack every hashtag that comes up. Who's that been? <laughs> Me and Jordan for a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've noticed every, every hashtag's been very tenuous. Yeah. yeah. We, we stopped doing it. <laughs> oh, hashtag onions. Hey, I eat onions sometimes. Ah, uh, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been another thrilling week. There's loads more coming if you do want to keep an eye on all of those channels. And there'll be another show soon. But in the meantime, um, Ben, final word of the show. Microphone. Why do you pronounce it like that? I don't know. Microphone. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. It was. Uh, I took an artistic liberty. Paid off. <laughs> Did it? We'll see. <laughs>